singed my hair so many times. Yeah. Especially when I was younger. Have you seen the? I think I you saw the ad either on <laughs> Facebook or or Twitter for uh. It said it's a new big. It's basically a small grill lighter. <laughs> yes. Cool. Yes. It's it's got fucking Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart advertising. It. Yeah. It's like it's a normal size big, but it's got the fucking like little bitty fucking thing sticking up like on a on a grill lighter, and it's like yes, that would be perfect for what it's made for. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the activity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Outdoor luncheons and such. Uh, speaking of outdoor luncheons, welcome to Phantom Nonsense. I'm Zach. That's Goose. That's Nolan. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought you were going to go first. Sorry. No. Uh, <laughs> fuck. There's no camera to keep us accountable anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're doing... On a Monday night, you can check out the Indie Carnival podcast where we just kind of talk about bullshit. Uh, until we run out of bullshit to talk about. My bet is about... Six weeks, <laughs> uh, but, you know, take yours. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but keeping the fandom train rolling, we're going to keep doing that on audio. Uh, no set day for when these will be coming out right now, but, you know, once a week, roughly, somewhere in there. Um, and have you, did you guys watch the latest episode yes. of Bad Batch for you guys yeah. came over here? Yes. Cool. Um so we haven't got to talk about that in a few weeks, so catch we're gonna catch up on those and maybe delve into uh some more like deeper conversations about those kinds of things. I don't know. I've been playing uh Kotor two the last couple of days. Um So you're I, deep in the Star Wars, right? I'm now. deep in the Star Wars right now and it's a really like subversive like the first game is pretty much your classic Star Wars story, hero's journey kind of kind of thing, you know, yeah. like finding yourself, refusal to call, blah, 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 like the whole whole nine. The second one is a lot more like it flips a lot of, it flips the script a lot and like and challenges a lot of like the notions. So my head's in a weird space about it. And also um, if you play it, I think I can probably share it to you on Steam. Get the restored content mod because one of the biggest issues with the game is it wasn't it was rushed in development, so there's a lot of like a lot of bugs, a lot of unfinished stuff. Like there's a lot of cutscenes that were never finished and everything, so the game's really rushed. Um, and I've been playing on the restored content mod, and it it changes a lot. And it's honestly with that, I think I kind of like it better than the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of uh, people say that. I haven't uh I haven't played the second one in a long time. Yeah. Um, I'd never damn. played it before before now, actually. I'd played the first one quite a few times through the years, but yeah. the second one always eluded me. I think the Force Awakens is the only one I've played. What's the what played. is the place because I never played Force Awakens. That was on the uh fuck, I think it was on the PlayStation three. Word, I might gr- I might pick that up. There was a game, was it from the Force Awakens? No, Force Unleashed. Force yeah. Unleashed. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Force that was Unleashed. on the PS3. Yeah. 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 Um, I can remember if it was the three or a two. 
That, um, yeah, that, that's a good series. It was really good, yeah. actually. That was the first gift my stepdad got me a week after, like, we had met. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was really cool. I think, oh, fuck, I remember nothing about it because I was in fifth grade. Do you remember the play style of it? Yeah, like uh, it's like an action, uh, it's like a hack and slash, mostly. It's like Devil May Cry. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, for our listeners who may not really be that familiar with, the Devil May Cry series. Do you think there are that many people? At, at least one out of three. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, you know, um, hack and slash, I guess. That's okay, a, yeah. yeah. I like a 3D action. Yeah, okay. Hacky slash. Word. Hack, hacky slash. Hacky slash. No, for sure. Um, I may actually still have it. The main selling point, I would say, is the fucking physics engine. It's really convincing. Mm-hmm. It's really fun throwing fucking stormtroopers around yeah. the force. You can, like, hold them in the air and throw your lightsaber at them and then throw that guy at somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for it's, sure. It's very it's very good with the power fantasy of using the force. We, I don't know if we... I think we're on the... Actually, I think we talked about it the first uh, indie pod a couple weeks ago, but... um, Like... I do love Kotor One and Kotor Two, the the Bioware um like half action, half turn based RPG style. Like it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. It's it's a nice like balance of of ha- of hack and slashy and also like attack, pause, re-strategize. You know, like you, you can run, you can run it entirely fucking turn based if you so choose. Yeah. So choose to do so. But uh, you know, I, I mean, you can't kind of can't avoid the turn based thing. It's just that you can decide right. to pause at any time. Oh, of course, yeah, the, yeah. You, yeah. like I said, if you want to, or you can just hit fucking four storm, four storm, four storm, four storm, and just clear out twenty fucking enemies at at once, basically. Yeah. Um. One thing that pisses me off in both games, though, is, and I don't know if this is, like, I'm true across, like, th- those kind of Bioware games, but, like, say there's a horde of enemies coming at you, and so the game will immediately pause and show you, like, the enemies, and you'll get to choose, like, which one you want to target first, and you'll just, like, randomly pick the first one that you see. And half the time, it's the motherfucker in the back. <laughs> so, so you end up just like strafing past yeah, all of the like, people that and, like are trying to kill you. And this bitch will not attack anybody until she gets to the one in the back. Right. So half the time, the reason why I die is because I targeted the wrong motherfucker and like six six dudes just fucking just take me down before I can get to the actual person that I killed. Otherwise, I can, like I said, I have s- super force powers. I can kill, like, ten people in, like, <laughs> two in two attacks. Right. God. Fuck, those games are fun. They're a lot of fun. I would say either... Th- it's a hard choice between those or the OG Bounty Hunter as my just, like, popcorn like Star Wars game just but that's a really good one too. Yeah. 
I just remember jamming on the A button on my fucking GameCube. <laughs> I just re- like, I just remember just like going around and and scanning people and checking to see if they had bounties and then just like lighting up an entire like block with a flamethrower. <laughs> like, oh my god. Jesus. So you just you play evil, basically. Actually, no. I am like super. My character in this game is is super good. I have a. It depends. It depends on the game. So say, is it like nice, chaotic? No. It it depends on the game. If it doesn't feel like there are like, and not necessarily consequences, but if I don't feel the like the weight of it, if it if it feels like there is no actual morality in the universe and it's just being enforced upon me by the game, then I say yeah. fuck it and I'll play a bastard. I'll I'll yeah. in, I'll indulge myself. Red Dead 1 versus Red Dead 2. Outside of playing Red Dead 2 first and uh and having that like context of where John's been, I if I just jump into Red Dead 1 blind I will always play John as just a complete fucking murderous bastard because oh, the okay. game itself doesn't have it doesn't imply any kind of like morality to it. Yeah. Um, whereas the second one does. It's like it's baked uh, it's baked into it. And it's the same thing with like the Kotor games being about choosing the light side and dark side. There's more weight to those choices. Whereas Bounty Hunter, you're Django Fett. You know, like you're just you, there's there's no consequence to to causing chaos in in the world, so it doesn't feel like it matters if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I get that to a point. I can't even with something as simple as like The Sims because I've been playing that again recently. I can't like separate myself to a point from the character. Like I can't play an evil character. I can't play someone who's mean to someone. I'll try, and then I'll just feel bad when the other character gets their feelings hurt. See, I, I think it would be hard, be hard with The Sims too, though, because, like, you're God. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm not. Someone told me I was weird about. It. They're like, yeah, no, I can. It's just a, it's just a game, and I'm like, but I can't. What? You don't peel the legs off of bugs just to <laughs> feel the sexual thrill, <laughs> weirdo. Right. No, I complete. I completely get in a, in a game like like The Sims, and I, like if I made a character that was like a t- torch the house down type of character, then all my other characters would would hate them. You know what I mean? Like right. it would yeah. be like that one. It would be an outlier just to indulge myself a little bit. But the yeah, I completely get completely get that. Yeah, there's a big thing in Sims too of like filling a pool with your Sims, and then taking away the little ladder that they would climb out of the pool mm-hmm. with. Oh, and I will murder my Sims. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what I was talking about as like a sadistic God fantasy. Right. And just like climb out of the fucking pool. Like They can in the Sims 4. So if you want right, to yeah. kill them to make tragic backstories, we're <laughs> <laughs> just into family line to make another story. Okay. Jesus you just Christ. put up walls. <laughs> Just end the family <laughs> line to make another story. <laughs> Sometimes God, it's real fucked Goose, up. <laughs> you don't realize how often you accidentally write metal lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a whole album written for you called Gore Crush that you just need to put your name on whenever you feel like it. <laughs> it happens pretty often, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Um, no, I can't make my Sims be mean to people, but I have no issue murdering them. So, are there are there any games where you can just like just play and just in just indulge your indulge yourself? It has to be something like uh <laughs> something like Last Saints Row or The Last of Us? Yeah. I'm not like a bastard in there. I still help everyone I can. I'll sneak you through without killing every single one person. Right, but even yeah. so, like, see, yeah, the whole point of that game is that Joel is a murderous bastard. That's true, but I don't think I think there's a difference in that, depending on like the kind of game style you're playing. Like that whole point of the game is survival. You can still take every good option that you come into, but you're still going to have killed tons of people because that's kind of the point of getting through the game. Well, so then, like wouldn't the morality of that one be different than something like? Um, like Red Dead, where there's like more things to do that would get you out of that constantly having to murder people situation. I don't. I I think that like the last of it. It's not all survival. I think it's very pointedly not. Yeah. Entirely survival, like the reasons that Joel is killing people, and especially like the particular decisions he makes, oh especially at the end. It yeah. all culminates to what happens. Yeah. But again, you know, you should. Pr- we probably shouldn't. I'm glad that they didn't I give mean, you a choice. I mean, it's been out for years and years and years. Are you ever going to play it? What's it on? I have it on the 3 and the 4. What, you have it on? Okay, yeah. I, I'll since I have a 4 now. Yeah, I'll... I have a remastered on the 4. Cool. I'll, I yeah. think Aaron might have it right now, yeah, but I'd I can just take it back from him. Word. Yeah, I'd, I'd check it out. I've, I've heard really good things about it. It's yeah. my favorite. Word. Yeah, no. I and that's... I, f- I feel like, like, two and three were probably the best systems for those for those kinds of games, for just the, just... just a sandbox to just in, indulge yourself in that didn't s- impose, like, a lot of, like, morality. You mean, you mean Red Dead 1? Red Dead 1... Bounty Hunter. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, Saints Row is what I was going to say. Yeah. Games yeah. like that. I mean, like, I'll still take, all, like, every charitable thing or, like, any good thing I can, I'll do. And I'll be, like, a nice person. Yeah. But also, I'm still going to beat people to death with dildos. Mm-hmm. God. Destroy All Humans is another yeah. is another one. I oh, that yeah. Just I've been playing the remaster recently. That's fun. It is a really fucking funny game. I played Psychonauts. Oh my god, I love that game. But you would love it. I've, I've Aaron shown me. I don't know if I've played it. I don't think I've played it. I think we talked about it last. Indie yeah, pod. I think we did. Um, oh, now that you have a PlayStation Four, I'll send you some photos of the games I have. Word. Well, I have to get them back from Steven first. Word. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um. Well, Goose, I haven't got to talk to you at, at all about about the dad batch. What's I know I've been gone, you isolated. Have, you have been gone um, <laughs> since you've been gone. We haven't um, talked about the bad batch. You guys talked about it though. We right? talked about the first. Some? Oh, that's right. Two episodes. We talked about the like the big long premiere and um, what happened in episode two. Oh, wait, I haven't been on a single Bad Batch episode, have no, I? you haven't. Yeah, because I was opening and then I got the surgery. 
They, they so I've missed the last, yeah. So four. what's what's been your impre- what impression so far? Oh my God, Omega is yeah. the best thing that's ever happened in this world, um, in my opinion, right now. I, I no uh, disagreement. No disagreement. Mm-mm. Yeah, awesome. Um, I really love the. Okay, what are you asking me specifically? I mean, what's like you've watched how recently have you seen seen the episodes you just like binge them all in a couple of days before you came over here um over here, i haven't or? seen we watched the last three we watched the most recent one today mm-hmm. we watched two of them yesterday and then the other ones when those came out okay okay so we already talked about those so these these last few episodes i'll put you on the spot what happened do you I you can't t- <laughs> I can't be like this is what happened I have no idea how to paraphrase oh yeah but um Same. no I really like the the direction that it's going it's it's very dark they're like they're not really censoring anything like you straight up see like they murder civilians he shoots someone in the chest like a lot cross, of terrible things happen just off screen I would well, say is the main yeah way they get around it and then in the episode the flamethrower yeah. the flamethrower like, yeah. like okay so i think that's an ep- that's episode 3 yeah right okay massacre. so yeah that's the, that's a good place to start is i love the contrast in that episode um be- because on the one hand you have the you have the bat the bad batch coming to terms with the fact that that crosshair didn't do it of his own volition. Well, know? they're like, well, whenever right. you know, it's still up in the air, like how much his influence it is right. and how much it is the inhibitor chip, right? Which makes it actually m- a more complicated issue than if it was just him fucking them over or him just being right. Uh, yeah, and and you have. You have Omega acting as that like that pure pure neutral or pure good uh, stance of like, well, he's one of us. We'll we'll get him back. Like that, like brotherly camaraderie. And then on the other side of that, though, you have what Crosshair actually does in that episode. Yeah, which is like. Among like the most horrific things that we've ever seen in the entire like franchise. Yeah, comparable yeah. to Anakin's atrocities. That's, yeah, prequels, that's exactly what I was thinking. Anakin doesn't like flamethrower. No, the <laughs> the Jedi children. So like, well, I mean, yeah, I got the whole planet gets blown up and you know, Alderaan yeah. gets destroyed. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 fair. But I mean, like, we see some shit in direct. Uh, Direct acts of of violence, you know, like I, f- yeah, I feel like, like on screen, like I feel like stuff. It's been so much on screen death. Well, just off screen death. Yeah, well, yeah. Like yeah. somebody will fall off a building, and then right. a character will obscure them when they land, or you know, you'll see someone's face wince, or, or you'll, you'll see scream. someone just like fly yeah. out of the cockpit of a fucking speeder. Yeah. Right. Um. But oh, Omega and uh, Wreckers, 
relationship yeah. is adorable. Is adorable. It's really what I love out of the series right it, now. It's really three dads and one uh, half brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he he's on the same mental level as she <laughs> is. I was gonna say it's more like it's more like hunter dad. Yeah, two uncles who just care enough to not let her die, and they're just confused and don't understand kids. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's like it's like uh, Full House, but Grimace is also there. <laughs> <laughs> full Full House meets the A Team. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah <laughs> is one of those premises that can only work in in a like setting like Star Wars, where you can like hide both of those things behind like the already like the artifice of, of it. You know what I mean? Like. It can it can be like a weird mix of uh f- fucking strong dudes fighting fighting strong enemies and uh two and a half men basically yeah and you don't and you don't realize that's what it's doing until yeah. you kind of peel away the layers because it's hidden beneath just being something like like Star Wars like. Yeah, that's kind of the kind of the magic because most a lot of Star Wars is that like you peel back the or- original and it's you know uh, Kurosawa and uh, Buck Rogers you know like pretty much uh, it all comes down to the fact that just you know you like you need solid characters and the only way to do that is to like fucking have people interact in a way that is relatable. Yeah. And there's only so many different types of relationships that you can possibly have with a person. So, you know, it's it's not that hard to get into somebody's heart, you know, and fucking uh, Omega does it immediately, <laughs> you know? Yeah. She just pumps her head out with her little stormtrooper, and it's like, yep, there you are, right here. <laughs> oh, my God. She's a bad batch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she just... Uh, she just decides that these are her people, and then that's that. I said that on the first, on the first episode we talked about it. It makes complete sense to me. Yeah. That the that the outcast kid would would notice an affinity with the outcast adults and pursue it because a it's friendship. It fu- it fulfills a lot of needs that a kid has uh, when they're weird and different to to fit in with older kids or adults. It's it's friendship, it's validation, it's security, it's like role model. Role model, like it it makes complete sense that Omega would immediately attach herself. Would have already just on the like her knowledge of Clone Force ninety nine have attached yeah. herself to the idea of them because there's supposed to be mu- mutations. There's supposed to be yeah. like ostensibly they're failures in the cloning process. Although they've been done for a deliberate purpose, they would like. I imagine that they are just like the right mistake. You know mm-hmm. that there must have been a lot of degenerative DNA as soon as like. The cloning process started to deteriorate the uh, the original samples. Yeah. Good. And then the the last couple episodes 
have mostly been uh, story building more than character building. We've got reintroduced to um, what's her name from Finnick. Yeah, thank you. From the Mandalorian, uh, much much younger and much much more ruthless. Like, yeah. Like talk about a Although, body count. Yeah, but not exactly um completely driven by bloodlust. No, not dri- no. Because we we see at the end of that first episode she's in that she decides not to kill that um uh what what was he? The uh like the docking bay guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what the fuck is his job? Uh, whatever, the toll collector. Yeah. The uh the little toad from the toadman. The <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's more used to her alive at this point. Yeah, like a dude, f- a dude flying by in a speeder, getting in her way. Right, he's, he's of no value. But exactly, but that guy, well, he may, he may help to some degree at some point. So, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, y'all keep... Yeah, hold on. There was something I was going to say, but I lost it. Well, I mean... I don't know. Fennec is a pretty interesting character. It's almost like... I don't know. It's... Like we said, she's not completely driven by bloodlust, but it's... It's strange to see, like, all the different shades of gray you can get out of a character that isn't motivated by any particular higher cause mm-hmm. that is just like the uh, pursuit of a bunch of baser urges but still has a lot of uh, like contemplation and um, lines that they're not willing to cross and you know it's just like everybody has has like a conscience everybody has a a part of them that is guiding them in some way yeah and it just it comes to the person like what they're willing to sacrifice and what they they value uh, with Fennec, it just seems like in what we've seen so far, she just values whatever credit she's going to get. It also feels like she values the sensation of the hunt itself. Mm. Like she's motivated by the trials and the process of hunting a uh, a bounty and then, you know, taking it. I guess that's like the particular kind of person that would become a, a bounty hunter. Yeah. Because otherwise, there are other ways to just like serve yourself just to like to get by in life. Right. She must have been driven to it for some reason, but if we know it's not purely a desire to damage, to like harm, and it's just like this feeling of of the chase, then what is it in them that actually spawns that? What is it like a a, a need? Is it an emotional lack or is it just a series of desires that kind of gain friction with the opportunity presented There's in bounty hunting? There's a planet in in Kotor two. Um, it's usually the first one that I go to once the planets op- open up, called Narshada. Uh, that has uh, there's a shit ton of bounty hunters uh, that are chasing you because you're the last known Jedi in the galaxy, um, and. And there's and so you get a chance to kind of get into into that of why of why bounty different bounty hunters get into it and it is a lot of that it is like the thrill of the of the hunt and the ch- and the chase and everything is as much as it is 
first first some it is just the joy of of the kill, but it's usually more more complex than than that for sure. Um, but speaking of the and then this last episode, um, we g- we get introduced to. Did we get introduced to to Sid in this episode, or or yeah, yeah. okay? Because I couldn't remember if uh, they were from the Clone Wars. Because the the slavers were definitely from the from the Clone Wars. I remember remember that much. Yeah. Oh man, lots of lots of stuff going. Lots of uh, whiplash, emotional whiplash in this episode. A whole lot because. Yeah. Is particularly with the Rancor itself. Yeah. And just like, because at first, you know, Moochie were presented with the idea that it's going to be a child. Like, right. it's going to be an adolescent sort of humanoid thing. Mm-hmm. And to the point where Omega is just like learning to lessen the harsh reality of slavery. Right. In, in the preamble to the fucking mission. Which, by the way, can we just pull back for a minute and acknowledge um, the the clones who were made um uh, as who were slaves. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 Right. Like just pointing it out that no, slavery is wrong. Right. To the point where like they had complete compunction with it and like just a hard line in the sand like you can't own people. Anyways, we have to <laughs> s- steal our friend back from the people that used to own us. Fucking goddamn. Right. Were they they weren't happy as clones, though, right? I think they enjoyed missions, but I don't yeah. think they were happy as clones. No. Especially after we see how they're treated, you yeah. know? I feel like they didn't feel like they had any other place because they were... Oh, no, no, of course not, because they were... Yeah, they were rejected, like, among the clones, and they oh, were rejected the out the in the, the, the world the as the well, batch, right? The batch, yeah. No, uh, I mean, no, like, the clones in, g- in general, of course, didn't have any other place. They were literally... B- bread to to order it's like it's like imagine if if amazon existed in like the plantation era and just like just bred black people and shipped them overnight on like right on order like that's basically what's going what's going on here is just like yeah we can we we can mass produce people for your for your army like it's all right. It's okay. So it's mass chattel slavery, but we're gonna incorporate some eugenics in there too. Right. Yeah. It's gonna be fine. I promise. They're gonna be cool with it. They'll they'll have. You should see the suits. <laughs> They're gonna look dope as fuck. Some of them more than others. Yeah. The Coruscant guard, I always think, looks dope as shit. Yeah. That's the whole reason. Like, if I was a clone, I would try to get the fucking Coruscant guard just because of the fucking dope-ass suits. Yeah. Them red spirals and shit. Oh, I love it. Um, anyway, that's the thing. Why is it that fucking fascist entities tend to have really clean lines in the design? It's fucking shitty. Like, it's because um, they're pretentious. Be- because they... They ripped off the aesthetic of of old school communists in the nineteen twenties and thirties, and we've pretty much just been like okay, and just have just 
subverted as much as we as much as we can, but the like the sleek designs, the the black leather, the like striking red and and white, like all that is stolen from fucking like old school communism. That's true. Like they just yeah. they just took the it. White and rebellion, just, the white rebellion, yeah. Right. They shit. just they just took it and removed like instead of like the power fist, it's it's the fucking Heil salute instead of the um the hammer and sickle, it's it's the swastika. Like they take yeah. they replaced it with like just with just bastardized, syncretized pagan bullshit to just Right. To dilute the actual meaning and to like re and to redirect the the potency of it and everything. That's that's why. Because it's not like they actually have it's not like it's not like the right has any actual like original idea. Right, because why would an artist have that mindset? Right. <laughs> Makes no sense. God. I remember I was a fucking smooth brained freshman in college. You know, the only semester that I attended college. And uh, I had a uh, post-1700s European history class. And um, they had, I think our final was a uh, was an essay type thing where we had to write, we had to decide whether or not we thought communism was a good idea. Like if we thought capitalism or communism was preferable. And my dumbass, with my terrible takes, with my terrible 19-year-old takes, was like, you know, I think that uh, we should all be capitalist because, um, you know, I'm an artist. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that, um, you know, if, if the state is in control of what I produce, then that's like a limit on my art. And I, ju- I just like I need I need the free market <laughs> to help me pursue my passions without any any uncle Uncle Sam big bro- uh, big brother st- Uncle Sam big brother Uncle Sam breathing down my my neck keeping me keeping my face to the grind I need I need that freedom that sweet sweet laissez faire freedom so that I can spread my legs and fly wings sorry and um. Looking back on it, it is just the cringiest thing yeah. I could possibly think. That's just a bad take in general. Because, like, what happens if you just don't have the money then to make the art that you want to make? Oh, you have to work constantly? Oh, you have to work 40 hours a week? Have fun. I mean, Way to go, artist. <laughs> but even even then, even when you do, like, there's still... Then the art just serves the the function of exactly yeah making money right. Then that's how the value is determined. And and then that inevitably drives the art, whether you want it to or not. I've not seen any artist ever escape from from that monster. Like I've never seen any any artist ever. Every artist that I that I know and love has at some point made a record that I can tell is this is just something to tore off of or because it was a contractual obligation or like even even dad like even yeah. like like even like the highest of of the high have st- like there's still that pressure 
that it, that exists because we live under capitalism yeah. and there is that pressure. Constantly expand. You have to be growing or you're dying. Mm-hmm. You know, get on that grind. Sweat it out. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps to hang yourself. Um, hang yourself by your bootstraps. <laughs> uh, is there anything else about about this episode? I guess like oh yeah, no fucking th- again with the whiplash with the emotions of the rancor. Yeah, uh, Moochie was that a thing? Yeah. Um. Uh. First of all, you're just like, oh shit, it's a fucking rancor. Are they gonna kill him? Like, what's gonna go go down here? Right. And then Wrecker gets in a fucking wrestling match <laughs> with it. That was like <laughs> such a huge tone shift. Whenever Wrecker is just like, I'm gonna fight it. <laughs> it was it was wholesome. Um, it's like, I can do this. this right. Is, it's a dofa. Yeah. Basically. And then, yeah. and then he just ends up punching it for like an hour. <laughs> and <laughs> how long has this been going on? At that Too point, long. he's he's losing his touch. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, I'm just like, okay, now I want the rancor to be like the f- the sixth member of the <laughs> Bad Batch. I want I want the rancor to just be like tied to the hood of the fucking <laughs> starship. But uh, no, and then we know we end up knowing that oh shit, this is the fucking rancor that is sold to Java. <laughs> so Luke fucking kills this <laughs> rancor. So, um. No, unless there's been a retcon, because in I think I think one of the aftermath books, uh, we learned the name of the rank of that rancor, which but is the books aren't canon anymore. Yeah, the books that came out after. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and Talisi or something like that, I think, is his name. So Muchi is a girl and has a different name. So unless they've retconned. Then I, it's it a, would di- be it's a, a real different, it's a different rancor, but I honestly kind of like I kind of like that on it from like a but I also like I feel like it's it's only like twenty five years until Re- Return of the Jedi that feels like not enough time for like if Moochie is that size I at, think it'd be enough time you think so yeah okay. For sure, because it 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 feels like the like their growth time would be like slower than know. that because of like their size. But I don't know how how old they get to. Right. It could it could be that they just like grow really fast for the first right. few years, like hippos. Right. You know, like they're good comparison. They're around for a no, lot. No, r- I can I can sympathize with uh, with rancors. The rancorn <laughs> that yeah no hippos are death eating psychopaths. They really don't ever are. trust a fucking hippo or dolphins. No, uh, dolphins are are fucking dope. They're assholes, but they're fucking they're good people. Yeah, they I mean, hippos are like the most Ugh. like psychopathic animal on the fucking planet. Dolphins will rape you. They got rape caves. They they torture us. Sometimes fucking, um, they some dolphins are cool. Some dolphins are like yeah, hey, some are cool. There, especially in the wild, there are as many, if not way more, cases of dolphins saving people than there are of them being shitty. Being shitty. There is zero cases. Oh, hippos of a, of will hippo. destroy you. Did you see the fucking one about the about the dude who like raised a hippo from birth and it just like fucking ate him? Wow. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. That's yeah. some grizzly man shit. They yeah. should have a hippo man. Why isn't there a fucking hippo man? Oh, oh God, hippos. Why? Why the hippo? There's so many like terrifying looking things, and you think of like. <laughs> 
how that's like a that's a that's a that's an evolutionary response, right? We see like the jagged teeth or like the mm-hmm. the yeah. reptilian eyes. I told you about this. Do you remember the evolution of the hippo? What? What? So I can't Did remember a what demon it was. Fuck a horse in yeah, the water? I don't no, I can't remember what it was, but there was some kind of thing that lived on land, and it decided that it was just gonna go fucking yeet itself into the water. And then so after, like, several generations, some of them decided to come back on land, and those became hippos, and the other ones became porpoises. Well, yeah. 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 But the fucking, like, the hippos, apparently when they came back on land, they immediately started getting attacked, so they just, like... How the, f- how the fuck is it that, like, just on, on one simple... D- obviously, it's more complicated than that. But one simple diversion, you have, like, the greatest fucking fucking animals that don't wear fucking denim uh in in the known universe in in the cetaceans and then you have just the pure evil that is the hippotamus like how i want to get to the to the bottom of like how just choosing to go back to the water and choosing to Kind of go back to the water, just dipping your toes in a little bit, just right. makes all the difference in <laughs> yeah, your world. Yeah, those purpose. that got sick of the water were cursed and became evil. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like the hippos that went out to be in the sea that became the other animals are, you know, they they went out there as just a lifestyle. The fucking the hippos went into the water as a fucking strategy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, those fucking land shits are not going to see us coming. We're just going to rip up out of the fucking ocean. <laughs> not the ocean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Rip up out of the water and just stomp, stomp some bitches. Hmm. We should... This is how we end terrorism. <laughs> we see <laughs> directed hippo strikes. God, no. So the um the rancorn that Luke killed was uh Patisa. Patisa, that's was it. Patisa. Patisa. Wait, is that a boy rancor? That is a boy rancor, yeah. Okay. Um what I don't mean to be rancor? like what are your pronouns, <laughs> Rancor, but like <laughs> Jesus. What's that? I said what else about the the Rancor or this episode <laughs> in general? Um, I don't have anything about this episode, but uh uh, Omega did have a really good character. I think it was character building. Ex- like it was like a two episodes ago, I think. Oh, when she went in the cave. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So those are the moments that I really, really love. Like you know, a character isn't going to die. Um, but it's like death is like the lowest stakes that you can present. Yeah. To a character, you know, like that's. That's that's shitty. Every everybody dies. That's that's not hard to do to put a character in a situation where they might die. But the stakes of that were is Omega going to pull this off on her on her own? Like or is she going to get stuck and have to call for help and Hunter or somebody have to come in there and, and save her? And so like the satisfaction of that is the fact that she f- actually like used her wits and like and pulled it off on her own and did and did the thing like and that's a lot more satisfying than just you know than just shooting your way out of a out of a death situ- situation because yeah. it's 
it shows character in that moment. I really liked it, too, because, like, in a lot of the animals in the Star Wars universe, everyone just goes blasting, so you assume they're hostile. Yeah. But... Whenever we see them in like Clone Wars, it's just like, well, maybe they're not, because it didn't, it didn't attack you. It just stole something, and so Omega being like, she was trained to be what a healer or something. She was a med person. Yeah. So like knowing that, I was just like, oh, is she gonna fucking, is she actually gonna like have to get into an attack situation and like ball up, or is she going to actually be like soft and kind and see how it plays out? No, I was just like, I, I, yeah, I love how how smart she was like as soon as i realized like oh the flashlight she's like oh the flashlight yeah and like and chucks it and everything yeah, and speaking right. of like how smart she is whenever sid was like um so the kids mu- the kid must be the brains of this operation <laughs> and then like record <laughs> high five yep yeah like you said i love i love her and wrecker's relationship uh and mm. I hope nothing comes of Wrecker getting his head fucking smashed like every single episode. I feel like uh, we're kind of leading up to him having an issue with his inhibitor yeah, chip. Yeah, for sure. We definitely are. Right. And that's going to be fucking sad if, like, Wrecker turns. But, fuck. I feel like they're giving us tons of Wrecker Omega because we're going to see a... a horrible scene with them whenever his inhibitor yeah. chip turns. Or just but a very challenging scenario. Yeah. I think we also have to establish like their relationship because if you remember uh from the end of season seven of the Clone Wars when Ahsoka had to pull Rex out of it. And it's believable because of Ahsoka and Rex's relationship. Like the we talked about this in the first Bad Batch episode, but the inhibitor chips don't really work in terms of, like, brainwashing. It's more like the clones are bred to follow the chain of command, and the inhibitor chips are just basically reinforcing that uh, good soldiers follow order mantra over and over again. Like, it's not forcing them to do it. It's pretty much blocking them from having any other, like, it's giving them tunnel vision on it, basically. But the ones that have like that strong of a relationship with their uh, with their Jedi or with their uh, daughter sister niece um, <laughs> can you know not break out of it, but but struggle around it long and en- long enough. So I think that's that's also part of why we're getting so many um or as hunter is more of more of the dad and is more you're seeing him learn how to uh how to guide omega and keep her out of trouble you're seeing a lot more of the one-on-one bonding happening with with wrecker yeah and i think that's gonna that's gonna come into play later on i love that he built her a little room yeah because it was like she doesn't good. even have anywhere to sleep, and you want to take her food. And he soaks off and goes and builds her a room. And gives her Lula. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the best. I feel like, um, oh, fuck. We're, oh, yeah. There was this really sweet moment um, right after Wrecker shows her her room. Mm-hmm. He, uh, uh, Echo walks up to him, just, like, puts his hand on his shoulder, and then, like, does yeah. the whole 
nods at him thing. Like, yeah. it's really, it's really fucking cheesy 80s sitcom. I know. But that shit gets to my heart. <laughs> this is exactly the kind of sitcom stuff that I love. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like high stakes, but also like super loving and caring. You know, I don't, so far, and now the situation could be entirely different if Omega wasn't there, but really, I don't really think she's really like dictated like where they've gone or anything to this to this point. I feel like that's the only thing that like gives it stakes because we're we're they're established as being like five dudes that can take on an army, you know. So if you don't have if you don't have the kid there to to uh to raise the stakes and get and get them into into hairy situations and everything then it's like what are you going to put the bad batch in based on what they've done so far to just avoid getting caught by the empire what situation right. going to put them in that actually warrants following them through the through the galaxy like i feel like you have to have like i i i love omega i feel like she's the best out of the the Star Wars kids, which you have to remember, starts with Anakin in Episode One. Like it doesn't start with Grogu. It doesn't even start with Ahsoka. Like having a a kid insert character has been around for a while in Star Wars. Um, but I feel like she's been the best one so far as as far as like lacking the growing pains that the other like Ahsoka and Ezra. Grogu's not a character. Gro- Grogu is a fucking is a, a puppy. Doll. Yeah, is a fucking puppy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I gotten so much fucking shit for saying that on <laughs> on the fucking Star Wars Reddit. Really? Yeah. He's not a fucking character. Right. No. All like, he does is like coo. He's not a he's not a dog. He's, he's a Pokemon. He's, he's a, a baby. He's a baby. But you yeah. know what a baby is? A puppy. Exactly. Like, he just has some big eyes and he eats things he shouldn't eat. Maybe. The frog babies. Occasionally he poos out some force and right. when you don't <laughs> see it coming. The, the frog babies have just as much fucking character development as fucking Grogu does. Exactly. Yeah. That's why it's gross when he eats them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good. They're both babies. It's like, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I don't know. Looking back on The Mandalorian, I don't love it as much. I, I still enjoy season one. Um, I do not really like season two that much season two feels a lot more marvel a lot more um a lot more appeasing um like i don't know like maybe you maybe you had to have have luke uh be the one take grogu maybe that makes the most sense fine does it does it um but just just assuming that do we have to have like the most fillery of filler episodes um and i hate that word like this isn't an anime there isn't a manga that has to fucking like has to catch up yeah, with they're itself not just buying time right there's no such fucking thing as filler Except for episodes where all we're fucking doing is shopping for eggs. <laughs> like, that, that is fucking filler. And other than those first few episodes, there, it's just, 
entirely set up for other shows. And that one good episode with uh, Bill Burr, I will say there was one that good, was really oh, good, that was really one good, really good yeah. episode of season two. Everything else just felt like backdoor pilots because that's what what they were. Yeah. You know, that was exactly what the Ahsoka scene was. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I wanted to. I, I, don't, I don't like Rosario Dawson's portrayal of Ahsoka. I don't like how she carries herself as, as the character. I don't believe her. It does. It does seem a little wonky, doesn't it? I really love that. Love that character. I followed that character for a long time, and I just, yeah, I just. It just feels like Rosario Dawson. Like, I feel like that's that's the up that Star Wars always had through the years of casting unknowns and um, and B listers. That you you know like yeah, Harrison Ford had been in. A, f- a few things, but not enough that you don't, that when you see him, like, as Han Solo in 1977, you uh, think of Harrison Ford, you know, and, like, there's few character, like, few actors like Alec Guinness that are such good stage and character actors oh, yeah. that you never think of. Like, I was thinking about this with, like, Ewan McGregor, like, still to this day, I don't think of Ian McGregor when I see Obi when I see Obi Wan in the in the prequels. I think of him when Obi-Wan, I see yeah. I think of him when I see um, fucking Christopher Robin or um, the fucking Shining sequel or anything else that he's in. I'm like that's Ian that's Ian McGregor. Like that's that's that dude. But he really like fills that character in the in the prequels and I don't I don't get that with uh with Rosario Dawson. Like I don't I don't feel that separation of her as an actress and yeah. the and the character enough to immerse myself in that. Maybe with more time, maybe just one episode in someone else's yeah. show wasn't not quite uh, enough to get like that good of but in terms of impressions, yeah, I get what you're saying. T- totally like yeah. it's not it's not the most solid, solid performance. And it's also er, a little portrayal. jarring. Yeah. It's also a little jarring whenever you, like, only hear Ahsoka up to this point by um, Ashley. Ashley. X- X9, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, even even in her voice in uh, Rise of Skywalker, years after this fact, is is Ashley's, Ashley's voice. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. But anyway... Um, is there anything else uh, to to cover on these three, five, whatever episodes to talk about? Um, not that I can think of. Okay. Um, take a quick break that you won't even notice and um, be back in just a second. Hey, guys. Uh, before we get into the f- second half of the show, I just wanted to play this little a clip of George Lucas talking about uh, joy and pleasure because uh, it'll kind of provide the background of the conversation that we get into in the in the second half. So here's that clip, and we'll be right back in here in a couple minutes. Several speakers have talked about happiness, 
And I've discovered along the way that happiness, you, have, you live in two worlds here. Happiness is pleasure and happiness is joy. You know, it can be either one. You add them up and it sort of falls under the uber category of happiness. Pleasure is short-lived. Uh, it lasts an hour, lasts a minute, lasts a month. Um, and it uh, peaks and then goes down. It peaks very high. But the next time you want to get that same peak, you have to do it twice as much. You know, it's like drugs. You, know, just, you have to keep doing it because it insulates itself, no matter what it is, whether you're shopping, uh, whether you're uh, you know, engaged in any other kind of pleasure. Uh, that all has the same quality about it. On the other hand is joy. And joy is a thing that doesn't go as high as pleasure in terms of your emotional reaction. But it stays with you. Joy uh, is something you can recall. Pleasure, you can't. Uh, so the secret is that even though it's not as intense as the pleasure, the joy will last you a lot longer. Um, and people who get the pleasure, they keep saying, well, if I can just get richer and get more cars, you know, I can, I'll never, you'll never relive the moment you got your first car. That's it. That's the highest peak. Yes, you can get three Ferraris and a new uh, uh, Gulfstream jet, and maybe you'll get close. But you have to keep going, and eventually you run out. I mean, you just can't do it. It doesn't work. So if you're trying to sustain that level of peak pleasure, you're doomed. It's a very American idea, but it just can't happen. You just let it go. Peak, great. Pleasure is fun. It's great. But you can't keep it going forever. Just accept the fact that it's here and it's gone. And maybe again it'll come back and you'll get to do it again. Joy lasts forever. Pleasure is purely self-centered. It's all about your pleasure. It's about you. It's about it's a selfish, self-centered emotion that's created by a self-centered motive of greed. Joy is compassion. Joy is giving yourself to somebody else or something else. And it's a kind of thing that is in its subtlety and lowness much more powerful than pleasure. If you get hung up on pleasure, you're doomed. If you pursue joy, you will find everlasting happiness. So with that, I'm gone. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you. down so we we brushed upon it a, a few times um this is one of those one of those rare uh star wars things that with it not being about the jedi and skywalkers doesn't directly deal with those kinds of those kinds of questions but it's always kind of kind of there in the in the background of 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 balance and order and the and the inherent nature of the of the universe and while uh while while the framing that that George used there is a little um it's a little reductive it's a little reductive and a little like could consumer individual mindset i think it's i think it's ground to work from like 
as far as like putting uh putting a definition on what on what we mean and what he seems to mean by the by the by the light and dark and, and the and the two sides of of balance cuz I think there's a tendency to just assume it as good or evil or lawful or chaotic or something. And um, I, I think looking at it in terms of of joy and, and pleasure and two and the two different like sides of 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 happiness, of of a selfless pursuit of happiness and a selfish pursuit of happiness. Um I think there's like there's a there's a room for a dialectical conversation there because I think you can you can pull that out to basically being the socialism or barbarism question. Yeah. I also don't think that the feeling of pleasure as he describes it, I mm-hmm. think he's kind of drawing these parallels between deliberately like sexual gratification the gratification of like uh, consumer, like um, what is it called? Um, like the reason people buy PRS guitars. Oh, um, commodity fetishism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's not um, it's not just that. Um, fuck. What was it? Where was I going with that? Fuck me. PRS shitting on PRS fucking <laughs> threw me off. <laughs> I knew it would. Those are good guitars. I don't know what I'm talking about. Fuck me. God damn it! Um, <sighs> what was I saying though? You're you're saying, or you? You're talking oh, about okay, like yeah, yeah. commodity uh, fetishism. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's he's he's just putting uh, like pleasure. He's very specifically referring to sexual gratification, commodity fetishism, and uh, drugs. So I think that there is a chance, or there is a, a way that pleasure can be enveloped into the fold of what we consider to be joy. Like yeah. You could get to the point where the act of doing something that will bring you joy in the future would be very pleasurable. Well, I mean, I don't, and I don't think that, like, let's just, uh, just assume the, like, the laws of, of the, f- the force to, to our universe. I don't, I, I don't think that, like, the complete eradication of, pleasure of the dark side and temptation is is possible as long as cognizant beings exist with wills and and egos you know like i i think that pleasure has to play some some role uh like life itself is maybe not maybe not always like maybe like maybe you can say that there's uh there's there joy in like uh like you know what's what I'm looking for of consummate consummate love but there's also the there's also as you said sexual pleasure that leads to the joy of creating creating life yeah you know so it's not necessarily as much of a binary as the light and dark side like the the feelings of pleasure and joy like they're they're wrapped up in one another. They right. they like even in a, just like a temporal sense, like you know, pleasure can beget joy. Joy can beget pleasure. I don't think that. 
I think that the light and dark side are only a binary from human perspective, though. Like, I don't yeah. think that I don't well, think that it actually like exists in a binary. I think the actual truth of it is, as it is with joy and pleasure, that uh, joy never like never leads to to destruction, whereas pleasure often often does. Yeah, like ple- pleasure, well, I mean, pleasure pursued unchecked, pleasure pursued for purely the sake of pleasure to no other end but pleasure. Pretty much, well, in- inevitably leads leads to self destruction in pretty much all paths of 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 pleasure. If, if we're talking in just entirely self centered pur- pursuit, yeah, and, if, in pursuit if the of way your, he yeah the way he defines his terms in that like he's saying that. He's saying pleasure is specifically uh, selfish. Yeah, well, that's work, what I'm saying. Is that working like in ter- working in the terms that within these definitions of joy, joy and pleasure? Yeah, yeah. In, in that sense, they they are binary because the the one is saying that everything that is completely self-serving will lead you to ruin, and then everything that is uh, for others will like give you joy. But but I don't think that it's it's necessarily a a binary because you can't not be self-serving you know what i mean like there has right but it's the pursuit of those things is what i'm saying like yeah the yeah it's so like the the them as as theoretical concepts are different or are on either side of that binary but just in the action of living you have to exist as both yeah on some level which is i think how the the force operates too it's just that like you know it's considered this these are light side actions these are dark side actions but every character we see that we associate with either side has had actions that exist in both sides of that spectrum right so to say that anyone completely exists in the light or the dark is is a fallacy it's all you know it's perspective it's the same same thing with like just the concept of light and shadow is entirely based off of like the human uh, necessity for, you know, light for vision, you know? Right. Like, and certain amounts of light are too revealing to, uh, or, you know, not even revealing, are cause more blindness than levels of darkness do to other uh, living things. So, you know, that's just... We have to plant our feet somewhere, though. We have to, like have a perspective to uh, talk about these things from or else we're just like, you know, just sort of pissing in the wind. Pissing into the, the spectral abyss that is non-existence. I'm, uh, I'm reminded of... It's one of the last missions in, in Red Dead 2. Um, when it's, it's the last... It's the mission where um, Eagle Flies dies, and that's uh, one of my favorite moments. Mm. In the whole yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Eagle Flies was a fucking real one. Like, oh, holy for shit. sure. Oh, yeah. Um, he was a wonderful character. Uh, we don't have people like that anymore. No, or at least not in this part of the world. We don't. Right. There's nothing to shape. Those kind of people anymore. I mean, yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no unification on the like side that is 
being aggressed on by the Empire because it's uh, subsumed everything here right. in the core. But it's just like all the people that are like that are now, you know, like in like Palestine and shit. <laughs> you feel me? Oh, for sure. Yeah. They're the only people being acted upon where like that kind of thing is necessary. Yeah, it's the first one that comes up when I type in his type in his name. Uh, when at the beginning of the mission, um, when they whenever Eagle Flies shows up and you know tries to get you to ride with him, and then Rainsfall uh, shows up and says, "Do not die for pride, my son. We have suffered too much in this trick. The earth, the water, they have no pride. They endure, and we must endure." And I think there's a little bit of of that Taoist wisdom there that are that we bring both in our assumptions and our intentions, good and evil, to to situations that you know, if you can just look at them in terms of just the natural order of things, then it's just, you know, the the deer doesn't hold a grudge against the wolf. It just hides from it because it knows the nature of, of the wolf. And nature just goes in its cycle of, of life and death and everything, you know, goes in that cycle. But we, as, as we are, as, ascribe intentions to that and bring intentions to that that complicate that re- that relationship and and everything that make that make that balance um more more skewed cuz like you know can you can you can you say that you know that this order that we exist under is anything but the will of of mankind just enforced upon upon nature you know like i mean to if there's any degree that capitalism is a natural order in terms of like historical development it's long outserved that function yeah you know like i mean that's that's just a thing from like from where i'm standing it seems like things are very unbalanced right now yeah tremendously so and they have to constantly correct i think that like there is a way to envelop both a like historical like marxist analysis of uh material conditions and uh like a taoist non-dualist kind of uh, perspective because you can um you can see this like ebb and flow of the like working class struggle throughout time as being the same thing as just like the natural revolution of uh of of nature mm-hmm. how like you know forest fires will come and like scar the earth and then eventually that will turn into a source of like a new mineral or you know what i mean like right. the the there's a constant cycle to our uh our world and i don't mean that in a uh climate change denying like non uh anthropogenic change right. kind of argument i mean in the sense that just like even our actions and our 
as as weird and technocratic and strange as things get, are all still in the umbrella of just the natural order of things. Right. Because because it will will renew. Like things like it. The question is whether or not what our story will be. Right. Exactly. Um. But you know, for for lack of better terms, and to simplify all these different ideas into one thing, then by the nature, by its very nature, the the light can't dominate. Yeah. You know, so like it can it can only it can only assert itself against the domination of of the dark, and and subdue it like that's the 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 mortis arc which kind of like is the most honest objective portrayal of how the force works shows that balance is is held when the light holds the dark in check because the the dark when the dark is able to um to subsume the the light it cannot contain contain its own its own lust and its own like desires and we live in that world now and like we talked about this a couple of days ago that is interesting again with like when you have a setting like Star Wars and you can show things in a different light you can have the 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 prequels which are um about they're about the rise of Hitler but they're also about the rise of George of George Bush and like the threat that he posed in his in his presidency and then you can have the original trilogy also be about Hitler but also be about Nixon and the threat that he posed in his presidency because you strip away the the like the aesthetics of like of the historical narrative and everything and just get down to the like the archetypes and everything then Hitler, Nixon, Bush, uh the emperor Trump they're all they're all playing the same the same role in the in the story, you know, it's 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 why there are so many like, uh, uh, what's the fucking like uh like the gladiator and shit during during the Bush administration because they're not talking about Rome, they're talking yeah. about America, but they're using Rome as a device to talk about America because they can actually say what they want to say about it in that in that setting, you know, um. It's a thin veneer over an exactly. actual, like, critical perspective. <sighs> it kind of sucks that, like, even the enjoyment of this, like, this fantasy where we can see, like, an empowered, unified resistance to, like, a, a world or a galaxy-dominating threat yeah. like we get in Star Wars, um, it just kind of, like, releases a little bit of pressure from this like kind of uh this building explosion that's about to happen. It's just like it feels like there's just this mounting force just on top of everybody. You know, ev- like 
some people, I think most people who are doing well, uh, I think if you ask them, like, how is the country, they'd be like, oh, it's terrible, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, it's shit's really bad right now, even though they're doing well. And they they will, like, s- do whatever gymnastics they need to do to, like, completely drink the Kool-Aid and buy the fact that it's because of a meritocracy that they're succeeding and that everybody in America who fails yeah. um, is doing so because they just have some innate wrongness to <laughs> them, whether it be, you know, that they just can't get a job or they're a minority or they can't get a job or they're a minority. You know, whatever Republicans don't like, whatever it there's is. T- there's just too many of those those people yeah. in the country. It's not It's right. not any other flaw. It's just... There's too many of the problem people in the country. They they just they don't want to work. They're stealing our jobs and they don't want to work. They're just a leech on society and they're taking all of our jobs. Yeah. They're just doing up all this labor, all this <laughs> all this labor that we desperately want to be doing. Oh, if only these immigrants weren't coming in and doing these jobs. Oh, we'd be so better off. But this is this is Sarcasm. I, I feel like <laughs> I, I don't know how well I'm selling this horseshit opinion. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know. Like, and I don't. I certainly don't think that the the impact of the mythology has, for the most part, been as as strong uh, outside of of like George's vision or whatever. Although I would. I would say that philosophically is still probably one of the strongest points is still the last Jedi. Uh and goodbye. Yep. Um but that was, um, a, that was our last listener. Yep. <laughs> we lost with that day. Um but I, I think that you know, mythology has its has its place in in moments like this of like psychically priming you for what what to do and 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 everything you and you can't over elevate it you know it is the same with like protest music as important it's not the revolution itself you know right. like mythology yeah. i mean it's it's better than you know the propaganda of um of you know marvel or or the the fascist propaganda of of dc but <laughs> i mean <laughs> if if my hero cuz i can i can i can gauge just on on my understanding of my hero what you mean when you call my hero fascist propaganda if my hero is fascist propaganda i don't know if dc is definitely fascist propaganda i i feel like the totalitarian right no i would say it is actually legitimately like fascist okay um but i think it's a fascist utopia and it's only propaganda in the sense that it shows that as like it doesn't criticize the well i guess it even does make a point of like but the the villains, the the quote unquote villains, mm-hmm. are all defined by the fact that they are against the heroes, mm-hmm. who are a state-run organization mm-hmm. of super powerful people who have to engage with the markets to establish their ranking. 
They have so to. It's like literally what Mussolini was describing yeah. whenever he defined yeah. fascism for the first right. time. They, they have to like go through school and you have to like meet an entrance exam that's specified for only certain things. Right. So like, right. um, so like you could be someone who has an amazing talent that isn't physical. Like you could read someone's mind and take control of their head. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna pass that test because it's not for that. It's for can you blow that shit up or can you lift it? Okay. Yeah. Pretty much. So it it actually like, but it'll straight up tell you that they'll tell you about the vigilantes who are other heroes who couldn't pass through that testing, but still have quote unquote good powers that aren't like the villains, but still they'll be arrested because they don't have their hero license. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna say uh, just on that, that just seems like that's intentionally. Yeah, yeah. Like, That's what I'm saying, though. But the, the, the way it is portrayed is such that like the heroes are unquestioned good. Mm-hmm. To desire to be a part of that society is not questioned of, of it being anything other than a good thing to do. Yeah, like we, the, our emotional ta- attachment to the main character right. is largely based in his struggle to um, overwhelm the fact that he was born without a power. Yeah. And at- attains one so that he can become his ideal that he like scrawled in his fucking notebook about. He was basically like a fanboy to these heroes before he could actually become one. So it is very. Uh, if it is a satire, it's it is very much too far in the voice of what it is trying to mock to be effective. As I've said many times, if. Don't do don't do satire if you can't communicate the fact that you're doing satire. And like I you, think it's, it's, it's a res- it's a responsibility, like as an as an artist, you know when you're when you're doing something like that, especially yeah. in the climate that we live in, if you can't make it clear through the through the work that it is mocking the thing, then like. Yeah, it, I think it does a lot of lip service to. It's very fan service. There's a lot of fan service, but it does a lot of like lip service to the. It just says a lot of words about the um, ideology of the villains, who are the like c- just like you know. It does this the kind of thing it did in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. where they gave the villains legitimate criticisms, but they completely had them handle that like absolute psychopaths as right. opposed to rational beings. Uh, the comics actually are much better in explaining the universe and, like, all that kind of stuff better than the TV show is, obviously. Like, they have separate series for, like, there's the main My Hero, and then there's another sub-series about uh, some of the villains that, like, we kind of get introduced in through the show, but, like, we don't see them very often, and it's, like, about their lives and how they go about that, not being fucking psychos all the time. And then there's another one with the vigilantes, and it goes along with, like how the vigilantes are going through everything. So, like, they fully address everything, and, like, there are points of it where it does... They're very aware of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're, like, this is obviously, like, kind of fucked up. This is obviously, like, fascist in these points. Yeah. And they're the, like, ideal uh, member of the society. All Might is Mm -hmm. basically just that. He is the, like, ultimate authority in his strength. Like, it's entirely a... Just and he happens to also be a uh, blonde, blue-eyed um, American, yeah, quote yeah. unquote, and like with it, a, <laughs> a crazy red, white, and blue outfit and intense, like weird uh, 
angles in his um his hair his blonde hair which sp- spoilers are you ever gonna watch it no it turns out to be like not a facade but like it's a facade the whole the idea that he is unwavering is the whole thing that is like the facade and yeah. we're supposed to see that his true strength is his passion for defending the 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 weak oh. but uh yeah no um there's like this whole transition from where like the main character ends up getting his mm-hmm. power because for some reason his power is passed on through generations. Yeah, he has the one like they call them quirks in mm-hmm. that universe. He has the one quirk that is like something that is given. Yeah, his is given, and then the main villain that we go against is Take. Mm. So like, one you can give your power to everyone else, but everyone else you take their power, and so then they're left completely yeah. like in a coma. For a while. In in that way, in that level of conflict, that I think is like a, a positive message it has. It's just the society it is, it's built mm-hmm. is one that it isn't prepared to think about critically. It's just that like the internal morality of like what happens. Th- th- that's why I don't think of it as like necessarily fascist propaganda. I think it just exists inside of a fascist utopia. Mm. Um, so... There's not enough time to to get into it and uh it actually make for a good conversation. So um next week uh we're gonna talk about um DC, DC versus Marvel in terms of why um why conservatives and the right in general prefers the former and why why liberals and the soft left the punisher like well the punish the punisher is is technically marvel but it's they obvi- just took that shit <laughs> right yeah that's I that's one of those the the Punisher specifically is because of the content of that. Character. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. I know. Yeah, not really. Yeah. yeah, not even really the way it was written or what the it's completely supposed against, to mean. Yeah. Right. Or any, you know what I mean? Like, sorry, that was a die. Yeah. Um, which that's you know one of those characters that couldn't exist in the the main understanding of of Marvel. Especially like in the cinematic. Yeah, you couldn't put him in the MCU. It'd right. be so fucking weird. I'm surprised he hasn't made it into any Deadpool shit. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Uh, Deadpool's gonna get a couple things coming up, I think. Yeah. So maybe. But I I think there's some there's an interesting conversation, um, to be to be had about like, like especially with with DC. And, um, and like the the pow- the power fantasy of DC versus Marvel and the audience that that it attracts and get into what exactly um, about DC fills in that role of uh, fascist utopia or or propaganda or whatever because um, we've been. We've obviously talked about about Marvel's Marvel as the as the liberal mindset, but maybe we'll get into more of that in in contrast next week. 
but yeah, uh, follow us on YouTube, uh, twitch.tv uh, slash Indie Carnival. Um, Be Good's got a record out, uh, which is here if you're listening on Spotify. Yeah, go to our MySpace. Fucking check that shit out. Yeah. We got CDs, um, T-shirts, posters, um, slap bracelets. <laughs> then okay, then not, none of that. Most of that's not true. Uh, well, as as uh, <laughs> uh, t- uh, public, uh dot com slash user slash indie carnival store or indie carnival. I'm a, I don't know. It's one of those. Um, Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Hey, um, exclamation yep. point slash slinks. Um, go get all this all the shit. You're not listening at this point anyway. I don't know why why no one's so worried. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll, I'll try not to be such a stickler next time. Anyway. It's fine. See you next week sometime. Probably. Hope. Bye. Bye.